Hello and welcome back, beautiful community, comunidad. Natalie here, your host. I am so thrilled for today's conversation with a dear sister who has actually been in my field for quite some time. And through the beauty of technology, we've been able to stay connected through social media, through the virtual space. That's how we actually initially met. And I can't wait to dive into all the goodness, all the medicine. And today I'm sitting down with Florencia Friedman, who is a ceremonial cacao educator and guide. She's the co-founder of Cacao Laboratory, which you're probably familiar with, a beautiful ceremonial cacao that is shared all around the world and, and in New York as well. She's a social and environmental activist. She is passionate about supporting the voices of indigenous nations, wisdom keepers, and guardians of sacred lands, which is part of my favorite component of her work that I love keeping tabs on, following, and learning from. She's actually studied under Mayan elders from Guatemala and indigenous communities of the Zapata Ecuadorian Amazon. She has opened for Deepak Chopra and facilitated ceremonies for the corporate space like that Spotify has been a guest speaker at NYU. Needless to say, I'm sitting down with a powerhouse Latina today, such a medicine woman, a visionary. And thank you for being here today, Florencia. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you, sister. Thank you for the medicine that you're bringing to our community and to the world. Absolutely. And you shared before we hit record that you would like to open today's conversation with a blessing. And so for those listening, whether you're at home and you can press pause and either make a cup of ceremonial cacao or even just a cup of tea, Florencia, if, if you would like, I would love for you to, to open up the space. Yes, thank you so much, my love. So let's allow ourselves to bring our cups of cacao or whatever plant you have chosen to connect with in this moment. It could also be your hand and connecting with your heart space, allowing ourselves to close our eyes and beginning to shift our vision, our perspective from the mind into the heart space, feeling our connection to the heart of the sky through the crown of the head and feeling our deep connection to the heart of the earth through our sit bones, our roots, letting the shoulders soften so the heart can expand and letting the energy of the heart space lead the way for this conversation, for this beautiful gathering. Mm -hmm. Here, a moment to give gratitude to the heart of the sky. Le damos gracias al corazón del cielo. Giving gratitude to the heart of the earth. Le damos gracias al corazón de la tierra. Giving gratitude to the heart of the sacred waters. Le damos gracias al corazón del agua. Giving gratitude to the heart of the sacred fire. Le damos gracias al corazón del fuego. Giving gratitude to all four winds that we breathe. Le damos gracias a los cuatro vientos que respiramos. Giving gratitude to the light that is within, the heart of life. Le damos gracias a nuestra luz interior, el corazón de la vida. Thank you to this beautiful medicine of cacao that activates our hearts, allows us to soften the heart space, release any barriers that we have set against ourselves so we can remember the language of the heart and continuing to listen, but also speak from this space. Thank you to all the guardians and protectors of the land that we reside on here in the Lenape territory. So honoring these guardians and also honoring the guardians of the lands where you reside on. Thank you also to our elders, our guides, 
that open the path for us and share their sacred instructions through their teachings, through their experience. Thank you to all the guardians and protectors of the sacred lands and all those courageous voices that are speaking their truth, that are using their creativity and their platforms to bring forth the change that we've been calling in. Just taking a moment to set an intention for ourselves. And when you feel ready, you can blow your intention into your cup and we can take our first sip. Thank you so much, my love. Thank you, hermana. Wow, 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 wow. I would love to have you give a blessing to every podcast episode I'd record. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. It's so beautiful because you and I met through the spirit of cacao. I remember through your Floreset community back in quarantine days when we were doing everything virtual, you were holding these circles for your community, these cacao circles, right? Yeah. For the first three months of the pandemic, we were doing free ceremonies every day to support our community and to continue building together. Mm, and I remember you had reached out. And back then I had just started working with cacao for my personal practice and you reached out asking if I would share some sound, some sound healing for your circles one of the one of the days. And it was such a beautiful way for us to meet. And now in retrospect, I'm like, of course, the spirit of cacao was bringing us together. And now to be sitting here still virtual, but feeling so connected, having been following your work, it, it feels like such a full circle moment. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for supporting. I know you were also doing a lot of virtual experiences during the pandemic. Yeah. And thank you for bringing your medicine now as well to continue supporting our voices. Absolutely. It's an honor. It's definitely one of the things that I feel like I'm meant to do here. And I'm sure that you probably feel the same with all the beautiful work that you've been doing. And I would love to begin Tracing this back to your lineage and learning a little bit about your family's ancestral roots. Yeah, so I'm from Argentina originally. I have a Mapuche lineage, which is something that I haven't fully explored yet. I feel all the other traditions that I've been working with have been preparing me to connect with the Mapuche community. And in Argentina, there's been, there's a lot of diversity of cultures, just like here in the United States. So I also have European lineage and it's been really interesting to witness how do we begin to find our sovereignty and find our voices within that process of being the oppressor and then also being the oppressed. And I feel this medicine of cacao has helped me heal so much of that internal conflict that many of us deal with, but can't really quite understand where it originates. Mm, that's such a potent truth that I think isn't talked about enough, especially if you are of a rich, mixed cultural background, especially in today's day. So many of us carry ancestry from so many different lineages, from whether it's European, African, Asian, South American. And it is such a beautiful truth to say that there is perhaps this inner conflict and how do we dance with that and honoring that and letting it be. And 
Have you been working with healing modalities from a young age or did you discover them in your adult years? Yeah, my mom has been walking the spiritual path since my brother and I were born. So when I was eight, I did my first breathwork ceremony that was about two hours long. Um, At Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So breathwork has been a big part of my life for many years. We also did a lot of Osho work, a lot of Osho meditations when we were growing up. My mom was also a devotee of Sai Baba, a guru from India. So there's always been a lot of diversity in my spiritual path. Wow. I cannot imagine at eight years old, when you're already in a state of such innocence and bliss as is, to be exposed to different modalities. And did you run with that from a young age? Did you have a point in your life where you stepped away and came back? How has that journey been? I I feel that when you're brought up in that world of connecting with spirit, no matter how much you move away from it, you've already opened that door and that language. So I feel um, there's been moments in my life where I was mostly focusing on my human experience, but the common language of understanding my relation into the environment that I'm in has always been there for me. And it's always been almost like common sense to connect with spirit first and then exploring our humanity in that process. Wow. That makes me reflect on my own upbringing. I I didn't I I grew up with a very spiritual father, but spiritual in the sense of religion and indoctrination from that sense. And that being said, there is still something to be said about the ability to connect in congregation with spirit, where the theme is to worship spirit. And you're so right. Once that door has been open, even if you move away, I love how you said what you said, I think you already understand the language or you already speak the language. Yeah, because it is a language that is spoken through the listening of the wind, of the waters, the fire. Our beautiful earth is also always communicating with us. So beautifully put. I feel like when you speak, it's just a stream of blessing and poetry. It's so beautiful. And when did you find a calling to study, to learn about the Maya traditions and with that, of course, the the medicine of cacao. So after I was married at a very young age in my early 20s, and after my separation, I went down to Guatemala for my first time to do a course on lucid dreaming and astral projection. And when I was there, I connected with Tata Walter, and he shared the medicine of cacao. He also did my Mayan reading, which with the sacred calendar, the lunar calendar, we each carry a mission for being here. And it's reflected through our noan, the energy that we carry. Mm. So when I did my first cacao ceremony, I always share that I opened my eyes and it was at, at night. So we had all the stars and we had just finished a fire. And I remember feeling so at home for the first time. Because for many of us that are immigrants, we leave our countries at a young age. And I never quite felt like I was from Argentina after I left. But I never felt like I belonged here in the United States either. 
And in my mid-20s was the first time that I felt home again in a long time. And I was very far away from home. But I feel like I had finally arrived back in the home of my heart. Mm. I feel that I wanted to have more of this in my life and also be able to share that experience. Because so many of us walk through this world without feeling at home in our own temples, in our own bodies. So through plant medicine and through the connection to the ancestors and the elders, they can remind us on how to come back to that sacred place. Mm. Wow. Wow. I can definitely relate of not quite feeling like I'm from El Salvador, but also not quite from the States. How old were you when you immigrated from Argentina? I was 11. I was the same age. Wow. Yeah, I just got chills. <laughs> wow. And I'm so curious. Do you remember what your Nawal is, your primary energy? Yeah, so I carry the energy of Pikash, and Pikash is the energy of the plants. Mm. It's the energy of healing or the obsidian knife that cuts through negativity. So it just, I feel like it's so in alignment with this medicine of cacao, healing ourselves, healing the world, and finding the clarity, which is the essence of the heart. Mm -hmm. Wow. And for those listening, if you've ever been curious, or maybe you're not too familiar with the Mayan Cosmovision, you can find some websites, I think, that will tell you, although doing a reading with an elder is my recommendation if you can find one and have access to one. But if not, you can certainly look it up. And uh, it's, based on, it's based on your birthday and location, right? Yeah, and time of birth. Time of birth as well. Got it, got it. Yeah, for some people, some elders, some Akki. They say that from the sunrise is when the day begins because the sun rises from the east and it offers us the new beginning. Mm -hmm. Or other elders sometimes it's at midnight because of the time change. I really believe it, it's connected to the essence of the sunrise. So if you were born before the sunrise, then it would be the day before. Interesting. How interesting. Okay. I am Nawal Khan. So the feathered serpent, yeah. I've been exploring that recently, and I feel like it all is intertwined, right? And I also carry a lot of Scorpio energy in my chart, and I just feel like it's very much that energy for me. So you feel related to your Nawan? I do. I do. In both the lights and the shadows, for sure. It's pretty powerful. So if you're listening and you're curious, I highly recommend studying that wisdom. It's um, ancient. It's very potent information. I really see it as a technology because it's really guiding us into understanding how we walk our path in a good way and have the support of the unseen through these energies. Mm, absolutely. And I know that you work and study with elders both from Guatemala and from the Ecuadorian Amazon. And I'm curious how did you initially connect with them? What was that initiation like? And what's that journey been like for you? Yeah, I feel the medicine of cacao has really been guiding me. I never had this idea of like, I want to study with an elder. I felt that calling with cacao and I decided to take that step. So when I went to Guatemala to connect more with cacao, 
I found the Cruz family. I connected with Nana Marina Cruz, who's a beautiful elder from the Mayan Sutuquil nation. The Sutuquil are one of the 22 Mayan ethnic groups in Guatemala. And I connected with her father, Tata Pedro Cruz, who he has transcended to the other side, but has blessed so many of us with his teachings. And his mission was to walk for the heart and the life of the world, the heart and peace of the world. So through Nana Marina, I got to understand the importance of the sacred fire, understanding how to heal our relationship with the medicine of tobacco. So when we talk about medicine and the indigenous ways is the qualities that bring our mind, body, and spirit into alignment. So plants are medicine. What you bring, Natalie, through your music, through your sound, that's medicine. And the medicine of cacao is really a powerful plant for many ancient traditions all over the world. So I work a lot with tobacco to support me in my process with understanding cacao. And then I also share a lot about their connection, their relationship to the medicine of cacao. And as I was doing a lot of work with her through Cacao Laboratory, the brand that my brother and I started, we bring cacao from Ecuador. And for a long time, I just didn't understand why are we bringing it from Ecuador when, you know, I feel this deep calling to Guatemala. And then my prayers were answered and I met Manari, who's been a really important person in my life these last couple of years and understanding land protection and really understanding how important and vital the Amazon is, not just for the communities that live there, but for all of us. There's a lot of important uh, plants and animals that reside there, but there's also something that the Sapara called Shimaka, which is the ancient wisdom. It's a living wisdom. And so when these places are deforested, the spirits that reside there that keep this wisdom alive begin to have to move away to other places. So the Sapara do a lot of work with dreams and protecting the land and the territory of their communities. And I met Manari through a conference. It was really an interesting dynamic, but he came up to me and I told him I worked with cacao and he's, I want to do a ceremony with you. I want to experience cacao. And I was so nervous because of course, like when an elder comes and asks you to serve them, you can't say no, but I felt so humbled and, and nervous. He's also a really sweet teddy bear, but he looks very intimidating when you first meet him. So a few months later, we got to connect in New York. We did our first ceremony. And ever since then, he's been a really important mentor and guide. And we've done a lot of global travels, sharing the medicine of cacao together. So it's been truly special. Wow, 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 wow. You truly weren't seeking it. It was one of those things that it was within your life path to connect with this soul in this way. And I cannot imagine how nerve-wracking that must have been to have an elder ask you to serve them. And at the same time, when I asked you the question, I had a feeling that there was an initiation involved, and it sounds like it was. And from there, it's it sounds like it's been a recent reconnecting of you, and I believe you said his name was Manari? Yes. Yeah. Manari Yes. And yeah, I, I just am so curious and excited about all of the work that will continue to unfold and the ways in which you'll continue to serve together. And 
talking about the importance of land protection, I would love if you could share with me and the listeners of what is land protection and how can we living in the States or wherever the listener is living, how can we also support that if we aren't necessarily living in the Amazon, but what are some of the things that impact land protection? Thank you. This is a really important question. And I feel a lot of us are working with different plant medicines and there's always a connection back to the land. I love this book called Braiding Sweetgrass. Um, It taught me a lot about sacred reciprocity. And there's a lot of different perspectives on land protection, but I think it's important when we're talking about climate change. This is something that a lot of us focus on the physical component of climate change, which is the changes that are happening in our waters, the deforestation that happens on the land, the fires that are happening, extraction of logging or mining, oil. But what's not often talked about is the living energies that these these aspects of what we call resources carry. And I feel connecting with indigenous communities reminds us of the importance of the living qualities of these places. So land protection is understanding the sacred sites and also really the land overall and getting to support the communities that are living in these territories, protecting and guarding these places. For many generations, there was a big separation between indigenous nations and what we would see as the modern society. But a lot of our elders are transcending. A lot of the cultures are beginning to become in risk of extinction. For example, Manari's community, the Sapara Nation, are protected by UNESCO, which is a UN association, because their language is getting lost. There's about three elders that still speak the language fully. The rest speak Quechua, which is another indigenous language, but their traditions are beginning to shift because of the they're losing their territory and there's a lot of extraction and influence of the outside world. So Manadi and his community have decided to open their doors to share about their teachings and their wisdom so we can become allies in supporting their voices. And we have a big responsibility, especially the, the people that live in the cities, and uh, one, educating ourselves. Right? And I love your question, what is land protection? I think so many of us need to really understand that on a deeper level and understanding the lands that we reside on. What nation are we occupying when we are living in certain places? And how can we support those nations and having a voice within our platforms, within our communities? That's something that for me has been a big part of, of the work through Floresal Community, as well as Cacao Lab to give the voices that are often not given a space within our society to be sharing what are some of the challenges that they're facing. The Sapara are one of the communities that have been against oil extraction. And again, not just because of the physical responses that the land has, but also on how it affects their community and how it affects the living spirits that reside on that land. They say that petroleum, that oil, is the blood of our planet. So we see how much, how many disasters are happening right now. And these are a symptom of the extraction that we are doing. So when we begin to go 
come back to tending to the land and not just in a physical way, but also getting to know this, the way how we uh, tend to the spirits of the land, we can reawaken these communities, these nations, but also the spirits that live there. Wow. I thank you for sharing that perspective and sharing that definition because within my own journey, I have been feeling called, as I think most of us are considering the state of our planet, the state of Pachamama, to be more of a steward of this earth. And for some, it begins at the physical layer, which is a beautiful place to begin, right? With recycling, with being conscious of the resources that you're using. I want to I wanna double tap on something that you said about reciprocity. I want to dive deeper into that and living in alignment as well. And it's okay, there is that first layer of the physical component of how can we be better stewards of this earth and walk lightly on this earth and be aware of our consumption, etc., and then the even deeper layer of the spirit of the land and the energies that reside within not just the Amazon, but because we're talking about the Amazon now, taking that into consideration. And, and it's just, it reminds me of this concept of the, the language that we use, the language that we speak basically makes up the reality that we live in, right? And so to think that these indigenous communities speak this magical language that is in such alignment with the earth, to lose that is so scary because we lose that paradigm of living a reality that is in harmony with the earth. It's, it's a manifestation of that. If we lose that language that makes up a reality of what it is to live in harmony with the earth and what are we left with? Yeah, that's such an important piece of wisdom. Thank you for bringing that in. When we look at our languages, English, even Spanish, we're very much describing the physical reality. There's a lot of, I do a lot of translations for indigenous nations and even when they're speaking to me in Spanish, a lot of the times is their second language. So they usually say, we don't have a word for this in Spanish, but, and they give me like a whole, like three or four sentences for just describing one word. And we also don't have them in English, right? But it's showing how they understand that we are living in two realities. We're in the world of spirit and in this physical reality as well. The Sabbaths say that we dream to live and we live to dream. So we are coexisting in these two realities. So the indigenous nations have so many words that are describing the unseen because they're living it. And yeah, as we begin to lose that language, we also begin to lose, or I guess not lose, but we begin to have that place be dormant. And that's why I feel it's so important to connect with plants and beginning our conversation by connecting with the medicine of cacao, which is the perspective of the heart, and acknowledging the elements, acknowledging that those energies begin to shift the communication from the mind into the heart. So thank you for creating that space. Yeah, of course. And that's just it, isn't it? It's these communities, these nations have an understanding of what it means to live in harmony perhaps because they so often sit in silence and in listening to the earth, to the plants. And so 
for us that live in the cities, for us that maybe only speak English or Spanish or Portuguese or whatever, maybe it doesn't mean that we have to learn that language fluently. Perhaps it just means that we can approach an access point that allows us to understand the essence of that language. And that access point is sitting with the plants. It's listening. Mm. And listening, not just with our ears, but listening to the sensations that we receive. And that's another, I feel like cacao is the the medicine for the world in so many layers, but she teaches us to listen to how we're receiving the messages through, um, there's more oxygen going into the brain, the skin, the heart. So we're much more hyper aware of our surroundings and what we're receiving. I feel like cacao is leading this conversation right now because I'm like, this is nowhere in my questions that I wrote down before I drink cacao, but now we're here. And I want to touch on one more point before we move on to one of my actual questions, pre-planned questions, and that is the idea of reciprocity and living in alignment. What does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? Living in sacred reciprocity, and again, I feel braiding sweetgrass for the listeners who may not have heard of braiding sweetgrass before, definitely recommend giving it a listen or a read. Listening to it is so beautiful because it's like poetry, but I feel it's just that understanding as we receive, we get back, and it's what keeps that energy moving. It doesn't make it stagnant. Just like when we are going to someone's home, we would bring maybe a dessert or maybe flowers. In the same way, when we activate that connection to the land and we say thank you to this earth that is allowing us to walk her soft ground. Thank you to the waters that purify our hearts, that purify our bodies. Thank you to the wind that takes our prayers and offers it to the creative life force. Thank you to the sacred fire that allows us to burn away and alchemize what's no longer serving us. And that is connecting us to the energies that hold and support us. So when we say thank you, we can also bring a gift. We can bring flowers. We can bring a little bit of tobacco. I love bringing cacao because it's not so much what we're offering, but it's a symbol of our deep gratitude. So we offer not what's left over, but we offer what comes from the heart. And it's really interesting when we start giving offerings to the land and to the places that are important to us because it begin, they begin to communicate back. And once you're acknowledged, if we think about if we are in a room and somebody acknowledges you by saying, how are you, you feel that you want to have a conversation. But if somebody looks at you and then looks the other way, that, that feeling stays with us, right? And you don't feel invited into the conversation. So I feel walking in sacred reciprocity is acknowledging the energies that are guiding us and supporting us and giving them a space to communicate with us. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. That analogy of when you go to somebody's home, you want to bring something, right? When we walk on our beautiful blue planet of our home, we want to give back to the land. And a pretty tangible example, I we planted a peach tree in my backyard. And anytime I would make a cup of cacao, I would make a little cup that I would bring to the land and I would pour it over the bedding of the peach tree. 
Within a year, this peach tree has grown to be taller than a 20-year-old lemon tree that's next to it. And it's wild. It's so wild to see what happens. And so I love that. Yeah, it's such a beautiful way to live too because you're in constant ceremony. Yeah, whenever I go to a new land or when I'm going on a hike, I always like to bring a little offering and just saying thank you for this land for receiving us. And yeah, I feel like it's stepping into a, spa- a totally new space because you see the magic unfold and respond back. Mm, so true. So, so true. And I would love to ask you about Cacao Laboratory because it's such a labor of love and it's, it's something that you were inspired to create with your brother. Is that correct? Yeah. How did it come to be? Tell us about it. Yeah, we started our brand about seven years ago, and I really saw it as a movement. As I said earlier, I really feel cacao can change the world. And Cacao Laboratory, as the name says, it's an experiment of understanding how can we heal the system within the system. So understanding the different aspects of our human experience and our relationship to what's uh, around us. And so cacao really works on a personal level on the different bodies of our being. And the medicine is also working on the land. If you're working with ceremonial cacao, it is usually harvested in agroforestry systems. So there's biodiversity on the land. So that aspect of land protection is naturally happening when you're working with ceremonial cacao, because with conventional cacao, you're usually using monocrop systems. So you have the same type of tree for the whole farm, and that demineralizes the soil. It also lacks diversity, so there's less diversity in insects, and it also really affects the quality of the land. There's a documentary series called Rotten in Netflix. And there's one episode that talks about cacao and how a lot of places in Africa, a lot of national parks that are supposedly protected areas have been deforested due to cacao because the monocrop systems mineralize the soil so you don't have as much fruit that grows. So then on paper, it looks like these lands are protected. But when you actually go to these places, it's all now cacao. So our dream with Cacao Laboratory is to really bring a new way of connecting with a plant and also to bring in more of a circular economy, a living economy. There's a lot of different ways of working with new modalities on commerce. And the problem with capitalism, I feel, is the object objectification of everything around us. We objectify our plants. We objectify the people that are working with the plants. A lot of conventional cacao is also really harsh on our farmers, which are also, in a way, guardians and protectors of the land. So with ceremonial cacao, there's also more equality across the value chain. And it's really an experiment on how do we bring more life to this exchange that we have through commerce. Mm. Yeah, and it's 
Going back to what we were talking about of living in alignment, of living in reciprocity, I find that perhaps that way of living is such an accessible salve to the capitalistic society that we're bombarded with every single day of consumption, of not enoughness, of more. And when you live in reciprocity, you really drop into this place of what I have is enough. And it's true. A lot of people have asked me, what makes ceremonial cacao so special? What makes it so different? And a lot of it goes back to the source. A lot of it goes back to how is that soil treated? How, what kind of forest is that cacao growing in? And it's so funny that you say that, but it's true. Cacao really can help save the world in so many different ways from an economical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, from a consumption standpoint, from a health standpoint. We haven't even talked about the health benefits of cacao. Pretty dang good for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's over 300 biochemical responses happening in the body when we connect with cacao. Well, there's so much there for the emotional and mental bodies. So true. Well, I could talk to you all day and I look forward to the day when we finally meet in person. It's been way overdue. And at the same time, I trust that when it happens, it's going to be so magical, so epic. And in the meantime, for those listening, how can people who want to connect more with you connect with you? How can people find your cacao? Do you have any offerings coming up that you're excited to share about? Yes, thank you. And I cannot wait to share a cup of cacao with you in person. It's going to be such a gift. I guess Instagram, the Instagram thing is the best place for all of us. It's my name, Friedman. Our brand for cacao is Cacao Laboratory, so cacaolaboratory.com. We actually have a physical location in upstate New York, and we also have a physical location in Spain. So we work all over Europe and the U.S. and Canada. So you can find your cup of cacao right where you are. And Floresar Community is a beautiful platform that is always sharing different different experiences. Like we're starting a course on archaeology and cacao and um, the place of Tikal and Chichen Itza. So I really love bringing different facilitators that don't normally have like a big following on social media because they're really deep doing the work and giving them a space. So they're very unique offerings on how to really walk with more reverence and more respect and walk this path in a good way. I actually am so happy that you brought that up because I'm really curious about the archeology span course and workshop that you have coming up. So I'll ask you about that offline, but thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom. I feel so grateful and honored to walk this path with you and to know you and to be to have you in my field and to be in yours. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, it's such an honor, sister.